Welcome to Channel Waves, the podcast where channel leaders share success strategies, best practices, and emerging trends. Brought to you by Structured Web. Here's your host, Stephen Kellum. We've been talking about marketing a lot. In particular, we've been running a series on why marketing can help drive revenue in a down economy. Now, today I'm very excited to have Megan Sullivan, Head of Global Ecosystems and Mid-Market at SAP, joining us to talk not just about how marketing can drive revenue in a down economy, but really how marketing can drive revenue in any economy. When I was talking to Megan before we, uh, before we uh, started doing this, she started talking about demand acceleration. And, and I love Megan's quote. She said, partners must rethink the way they do marketing today, why they must transform beyond status quo strategies and tactics to build a better pipeline and earn more revenue. So based on that intro, Megan, uh, welcome. We appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. Nice to be here. Uh, very nice to very nice to have you. So, I think it would probably be it'd be silly for me to say why do you think about demand acceleration because th that's what your role is in. But what got you from demand generation, in particular, to demand acceleration, and why that's so important, and maybe how that's so important today. Yeah, I think it's a totally fair question. And it's kind of the new term that we're using from a marketing perspective, um, you know, in the industry. But what really used to be a sales-driven model has very much transitioned into a marketing-led model, or at, at the very least, marketing needs to be hand-in-hand -hand with sales very early upstream. So it's no longer no, no longer about just um, generating demand, but you have to accelerate it very, you know, far up in the process and earlier than we ever have been before. Obviously, I work for a marketing automation company, right? And so this is we we see all this uh, all this all the time. So I think there are four categories you wanted to talk about. I think it was changing buyers' behavior and engagement needs to happen beyond the sales. I, I see that as the the why things need to happen. And I think on the how you were talking about need to create effective marketing. I think that that's a big part. And marketing must capture the digital first buyer. I think those were the four categories you wanted to focus on. Yes. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. I think it's really important to understand the why, uh, because things have changed over the last two to three years. And, you know, they've been transitioning very slowly, but certainly the COVID and the pa and pandemic, you know, really accelerated that. But things are changing. What we're noticing is partners are not as changing as quickly as they need to. And so we're putting a lot of effort and work right now on helping them understand, you know, why they need to change, how buyers are buying differently and you know what they can do differently to capture that and go digital first. So that's that's a lot of our focus right now. And, and, and I see that. I see a lot of partners trying to do that. My concern, Megan, is a lot of partners aren't doing that exceptionally well, right? I know you've got some good numbers and some research you guys put together on why that needs to happen, but I'm just not so sure they can all transition that well. I totally agree with you. And you, we uh, we recently partnered with IDC, and I do have a lot of stats and figures because I think data speaks. You know, that's another trend right now. It's like data is everything. Um, but partners really need to have you know to understand the why, so they understand why it's so totally important, and that we have to transform now, or it, it's going to be too late. And I think some of them it may actually, it, it may may be too late. I don't know. I was at CompTIA fairly recently. And uh, when I was there, I, I met a bunch of partners. I used to be a partner. And so many are, are, are technicians, right? There's still speeds and feeds. And I think there's going to be a big challenge for them to, to get to the digital side of things. I, actually, you know what? I think partners are intimidated by, by marketing, especially from the digital marketing. When you look at, uh, for instance, a partner needs to create a video or a partner needs to do a webinar or even a partner needs to do an, an email campaign. I think I think there are a lot of challenges there. 
Yeah, but I mean, let's think about why that is, right? So from a partner perspective and the way that people used to build their business in the channel, right now where ecosystem used to be channel, it yep. was hire really great salespeople. Um, everything was relationship-based and it was selling into the IT manager. I mean, that was right. like, that was the focus of who partners need to hire. I think everything has changed, right? Of course you need exceptional salespeople, but marketing has to be right up there with the salesperson now, where in the past they were kind of at the back end and not as important. And it's not, it, you know, it's no longer the IT guy buying the most uh, famous brand or, you know, I, I'll, I won't get fired if I buy this particular, you know, asset. Right. It's really about what is the customer experience? What are they telling their peers to buy? How are they finding you online so far upstream than, they, than when they used to? And that's what they're going to purchase. It's no longer about who has the best sales relationships and selling the IT guys. It's completely, you know, on its head at this point. It is, but you're talking about behavior modification for partners. Now, we could probably segment them between um, the uh, partners that have been there and been doing that for a while and the, and the uh, born in the cloud partners. But either way, I, I think it's a challenge, in particular some of the, the ones that ha have been there for a while, to get them to get there. How, how do you do that behavior modification? Uh, how, do you, how do you even get them thinking about that? Well, first of all, it's really um, getting awareness around why things have changed. So listen to these stats. You know, again, I'm big on data. I think data sure. speaks truth for sure. And so again, IDC helped us with this, but 74% of B2B people buying software, you know, for their IT infrastructure, whatever, 74% right. of them are going to go through some kind of e-commerce model. They're not even going to talk to a salesperson. I mean, that's a big number, 74%. Right. Um, the number one influencer of those buyers right now is customer experience. So it's not about, um, you know, who's got the best brand or who has the best price. It's literally, what did my buddy at, you know, X company say about what this experience they would, or I'm going to look at peer to peer reviews online and see what that looks on. Um, and then 38% of decision-making and the purchase stage is going to come from marketing today. In the past, that was, you know, it was 17%, uh, well, today, 17% from a salesperson, 38% from marketing. So you look at all of those combined, it's like, hey, if you don't have marketing front and center, if you're not looking at digital first assets and really getting upstream, you have completely lost the attention of the buyer and you probably missed the, the whole cycle. Yeah, look, I think that's why vendors are trying to figure out how to get partners there. I'm hearing more conversations around marketing certification programs Yes. And you hardly talked about that before. It's actually kind of funny. I'll share a story with you. I was talking to one of your peers and they said, sure, we run a marketing certification program. And I said, well, tell me a little bit. What does it mean? And they said, well, it's not exactly a marketing certification program, but we do encourage this. And I was thinking, wow, we put all this certification into product. We put all this certification into sales. Why, with all these stats, why wouldn't we put a marketing certification program together with rewards for learning, for execution, and for measuring, right? Just simple things. It is, well, it feels simple, but at the same time, I think it's really hard to do. We also tried that, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah. I think at the same time, though, it's all about customer experience and partner experience, right? Partners have yeah. choices which vendors they use. So right. if you put too much certification on them and too many requirements and too many, you know, web tests and, and all this kind of stuff, um, it makes it harder for them to do business with us. So what we're trying to do is how do we help and assist teaching and assisting and, and helping guide through the marketing process rather than making it a mandatory requirement. So it's kind of how can we help and make it easier for you rather than, you know, put more requirements on you. 
No, I totally, I totally understand that. And I think you can, in the end, okay, you're still changing behavior, right? Yes. So it, there's, there's two ways. There's a carrot and there's a stick, right? Um, and, and I'm actually a big advocate of rewarding them. And look, I think you have to do the two-partner marketing. You have to show them why that's going to happen. Uh, we see a lot of points-based systems in play for getting partners trained. And I'm not talking big training things, but just to do small things, right? Um, just to learn a little bit so they can start moving in that right direction. And I, I'm a big believer in incentives and rewarding individuals sure. for doing that. Yeah, people feel good when they're rewarded and recognized. But I mean, gosh, Stephen, we're, we're even at, at some points where just even hire a marketing person, right? A lot of these partners don't even have marketing organizations. You know, they've spent all of their budget on sales. Um, and so it's like, you know, what are you doing around a marketing organization? And do you even have people who, who know, you know, what digital marketing means, right? Yeah, I was doing a presentation a couple of years ago uh, for a vendor and we were talking to their uh, partners and really high-end partners. And I said, how many of you guys write a blog every week? Or how many of you guys do just some basic SEO? And nobody raised their, their hands. When I was a partner, and I, I hired a ghostwriter. I, I, Megan, I think there's some simple things as you were talking about to encourage. I know hiring yes. a marketing person, but it doesn't have to be a huge investment and you can get a lot out of that, right? Totally, absolutely. I mean, it kind of moves us into our second phase of this, right? So we talked about the why. Now we talk about kind of in just simple engagement like you're talking about, like, are you using chat or messaging services? You know, like, do you have somebody on your staff that even knows how to do that? It can be a bot that kind of gets you to someone, but people are engaging, you know, they're not engaging by making phone calls. You know, yeah, of course they're looking online, but they're going to go look at chat and messaging. They're going to purchase online. You know, even the big ticket items are being purchased online now, rather than, you know, calling for a salesperson, having a meeting and doing all that kind of stuff. You know, what's your social influence? Are you using Twitter? Are you using LinkedIn? Are you using, you know, the, you know, the navigator tools available to you? And, you know, do people look at your company as a trusted advisor, like, you know, what you're talking about? And the easier you are to get a hold of through chat, through social, you know, through online, people are going to see you as kind of somebody that's trustworthy and that knows what they're talking about and that you could actually then engage in a conversation and actually make that purchase. So, um, you know, to your point, it's like, just, just be available, be engaged. I think that's the biggest thing and have people on your team that literally spend their time engaging in, in these, in these efforts. Well, I think this goes to one of your points too, is tying sales into marketing and marketing into sales. Yes. I, I've seen very successful where if you can get a salesperson to understand a little bit of the marketing side and the marketing person to and a little bit of the sales side, uh, they can they can really be successful. And if you can get that um, marketing person to get the content that that salesperson needs, it'd be amazing how fast that salesperson starts to believe in marketing. And salespeople need marketing all the way down the funnel, right? I see marketing going way down way down the the funnel, right? Um, and sales starting up at the top, but then marketing helping them with content all the way down the funnel. 100%, you know, are your salespeople blogging? Are your salespeople putting thought leadership out on social media? All of what you talk about, you know, marketing can create that content for you and then a salesperson could post it kind of with their, you know, flavor on it or whatever. But everybody needs to be marketing right now through the entire company from the CEO on down. Well, and so that kind of takes you to the point about the, the content side. I still think that that's a big challenge for people and where do they get that content and how do they get that content? And I, once again, I still think there's an intimidation factor as a marketing automation company. Once again, we see there's so many cool 
tools that we could provide or someone could provide like webinar syndication or um, video, personalized video. These are things that stress partners out. They, they, they really do, but they're things that now they really need to do. Uh, once again, once going back to being a partner, if I was gonna run a webinar, Megan, in a small under $10 million partner, it probably took me 40 hours of my time to put an entire webinar together. That's pretty hard to do. That's fairly intimidating. It is, but you know, a lot of vendors, us included, I, you know, we use great third parties like you to offer tools that make that so much easier. And that's, I mean, it, it, it is very true. All of my peers, you know, all of us big vendors, you know, whatever, we're offering a really, you know, a lot of great marketing programs to assist partners to do that at not a lot of cost. I mean, in some cases, it's actually a free service we offer because we want to, you know, help them and, and train them and get the word out. Um, but, you know, partners don't have to go at it alone either. There's so many resources available to them. Look, and I think that's the big thing to get partners to understand that there are resources in there. Um, when, as you, I'll go back to what you said earlier. You don't want to be a burden on them, right. but somehow you need to turn it into an asset. And, and how do they get those? And realistically, one of the things I love about the digital transformation and where we're going, I was talking to a, a smaller partner, and that partner was saying they could look big and really compete where they hadn't been able to before because their digital presence was so strong and they could actually, they could play with play with the, the, the big guns. And I thought that was a really cool take on it. It's a very cool take on it. And you know, it's, let me just give you the simplest piece of advice I could, I could give a partner. You're probably doing quarterly sales planning, right? You're probably sitting down with big vendors saying, what are we gonna do this quarter? Are you doing that with marketing? It can be a one person conversation but wow, I mean, if you plan three months in advance, here's all the assets I can give you. Here's the cost. Here's what it's going to take. Let me help you do X, Y, and Z. Just do, do some quarterly marketing planning, just like you're doing sales. How do you get, and you've done a really good job of this, how do you get your organization behind that, right? Because I think a lot of our listeners are thinking, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm running this channel marketing side of things. Perhaps they maybe feel a little bit siloed. They, they know the things that they need to do. How do you get the organization to give you the resources to get you to get you what you need to do this sort of thing? Leverage your vendors. I mean, you know, there's so many easy things they can do to get, you know, everybody is, you know, is earning MDF and has some kind of connection to their vendor. Get on the portals, you know, of these, you know, partner websites and, and, and look at what's offered. Find someone in the organization to talk to, like at SAP or, you know, one of my competitors or whatever. I mean, you know, we're here to help each other. Um, right. You'd be amazed how many, how much low-hanging fruit there is out there. And by the way, you can look like a rock star, right? You then take those simple plans back to your teams, you know, your partner teams to the sales, whatever, and say, this is what I'd like to do this quarter. This is how much revenue we can drive, and I can fill your pipeline by doing X, Y, and Z. Who wouldn't love to have that story just served up to them, right? And in many cases, these are free offerings from, from vendors that we can sit down and offer partners and, um, and help them, or they're MDF eligible. So... Um, I think there's just a lot of tools and assets out there that people aren't don't necessarily know about. So part of it is just awareness and and talking to your vendor and understanding what's available. So what do you think the future holds, Megan? We're you know right now we're in a down economy. Well, actually, yeah. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that two things. In a down economy where we are right now, if you were going to give advice to anyone in channel marketing, what would be the one thing you would say right now that is really impactful? And then maybe we'll come back around and wrap it up with what things could look like in the future. 
Okay, so it's a down economy. This is the perfect time to be planning and laying a foundation and, and doing kind of more internal work on what's available, right? It's the perfect time to get, kind of get innovative and creative because it is a down economy, so there's a little bit more time on your hands. Like things are not on fire and urgent. Perfect time for planning, right? So what are you doing to be creative? You know, I think storytelling is, is one of the most important things that we can be doing right now, like really doing creative assets. It's no longer about, you know, getting on a web page and linking to a white paper and, or, you know, right. email campaigns. Please tell me nobody's doing that anymore. Video, 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 storytelling. Wait, 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 wait. Did you, wait, did you just say no one's sending out emails and linking it to a landing page? I think you're probably talking about 70% of your partners at probably at best doing not that, effective. Right? Not, not effective. Yeah. 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 Not effective. Yeah, not effective. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, we have to really get to the point. And, you know, you and I were joking before we turned on the podcast about how in the past we used to make a big deal of these, right? Production teams and lighting and video and makeup and hair and, you know, to, to get on a podcast. The pandemic changed all that. Now we can get on a Zoom call with each other, you know, from I'm sitting in my home office. We can do a quick podcast and get a lot of leverage out of that because we're talking about, you know, real life and very practical things. We're not making a big right. deal out of it. Um, right. It's engaging, right? I mean, how are you engaging? How are you being creative? How are you telling a story? Um, now is the time to be really you know, thinking about that because we have time to do that. Okay. Just playing the devil's advocate, knowing some of the partners, and I'm gonna, maybe I'm going to ask you to like triage the partners between maybe three different categories because 20% of them that, what you just talked about, 20% of them can do, 40% are going to try to do, and I've got to do my math. The other 40% are clueless. So if you break them into those groups, and maybe I'm like, it may be even worse. It may be 5% are really good at it, and you know, and the, and the rest are in there. How do you break that out? How, how have, have you figured out a way to organize that and to the right amount of resources to, to get there, to, to get those groups along? Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's willing and then there's willing and able. <laughs> you know, I mean, you got to look at those kind of things. If we have partners out there who have hired marketing people, they really want to engage. They're really trying. You know, they're they're willing to get creative with us and they're able to do it. Those are the ones that we're going to engage with because they're the ones that are pushing the needle and driving the revenue and filling the pipeline and seeing a marked difference in their business. Um, you know, we do have partners that, you know, they're like, well, I'd like to do it, but I just hired another sales guy and I can't really afford a marketing person. Those are hard to engage with because they don't, you know, they're, they're not, they're barely willing and they're definitely not able. So I think you really have to, you know, look at, you know, who is going to actually engage with us, be willing to do it and put a little bit of resource to it. And, you know, we would love to help those partners that are going to, you know, sit at the table with us. And they're seeing a huge difference by, by doing these things. Uh, speaking of the difference, uh, let's talk a little bit about data because I know you're a big data person. Measurement is key, right? So it's vendors have been okay about measuring and they're getting better. Partners have been horrible about measuring and they need to get better. Any yeah. thoughts on how to how to drive that piece? Because I think the people who use good data and ROI their marketing efforts, vendor and partner, are, are going to be successful. No, I mean you're absolutely right. And part of that is are you putting the right marketing assets in place? tied to data, tied to leads, you know, proven to drive business that you can actually measure. It's super, super important um, because, you know, some of the older tactics that we use that aren't digital first aren't measurable, quite frankly, but everything you do or nearly everything you do should have some kind of measurement behind it and a way to measure like the money I put in, how much did I get out in pipeline and acceleration? Right. Um, 
so what does the future look like, right? When we're in a down economy, interest rates on mortgages just fell a little bit today, but interest rates are still going up. So, I, you know, hey, I, I don't know if this is another six months or another four months, but let's yeah. just say we're moving into 2023. Because if you're doing business planning, you're starting to do business planning for 2023 anyways. Oh, hey, I got a better question. Are you planning for 2023 already as an upside? Are you planning on it staying the where it is? Where, where, what are you thinking? Where are you guys? Oh, gosh, I wish I had a crystal ball because then I could play the stock market and it would be great. But you still, but you still have to build a business plan for 2023. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we are absolutely planning for, you know, for how you accelerate business in 2023. All of that is going to be digital. Yeah, we go back to demand acceleration versus generation. The assets need to be put in place now in order to drive business next year because our buying cycles in the enterprise still are long. They don't happen, you know, as quickly in consumer. Um, you know, unfortunately, we are in a recession. We're in a downturn. It's going to take a while to come out of this. You know, we're not going to see January and, you know, pocketbooks opening up and everybody purchasing again. But we are seeing, you know, th those purchases will still happen. You have to capture your buyers early. You have to give them a reason to trust you, you know, to make sure that you're putting really great software and assets in place that will actually save your business money in the long run and enable you to grow and scale. Um, and so now is actually the time to be laying all those digital properties out, hiring the right skill set to get what you need and be ready to hit the ground running in January. Okay. So that makes a ton of sense. One last thought. What if your advice to someone who they've got to do all that and their budget just got cut for the rest of 2022? I didn't promise you I was going to end you one with an easy one, right? No worries. I'm, you know, we're going through the, you know, similar exercise. I think everyone is, right? Everyone is is really looking at assets and efficiencies and trying to slim down and figure out how to do this better. I would challenge any company out there that, you know, what you did last year and the year before, is it still necessary? Are your employees doing jobs they still need to be doing? Are there different things they could be doing? You know, sometimes we, we're creatures of habit, right? Well, I've been doing this report for five years, so I still have to run it. Do you? I mean, could you flip free up some of those employees and some of those job functions to be working on some of this kind of more creative digital asset stuff? Um, I firmly believe the answer is yes. I mean, even in my personal life, work life, whatever, we can all be more efficient. We can all be looking at what we're doing and do they really align with the, you know, the their top priorities moving in the future. Yeah, interesting enough, I and I'm sure you're you can align with this. There was a study came out very recently. 65% of the CEOs said. If you've got a project, if it doesn't ROI, if it doesn't show ROI, it's just not going to happen over the next six months. Yeah, I mean, it's true. So, you know, I, I think, you know, you can reallocate, uh, you know, job duties or assets, you know, look at that. Um, you know, a lot of this, these digital skills, I still say, come in the early talent generation, which, you know, are they're not that expensive of hires, quite frankly, in the, in the grand scheme of things. If you look at how much revenue it's going to drive versus how much a, a headcount costs, well worth it to hire, you know, those folks that know what they're doing and can come in and get that chat up and running, get that messaging service running, do some blogs, teach the sales pre people how to be social. And they're, you know, some of our best employees are our early talent that are, you know, know how to do this stuff in their sleep, but, you know, it doesn't take them 40 hours to do a, <laughs> a pod, you know, podcast. They could do it, you know, in five minutes. Uh, you mean they could build a landing page off an email campaign in a heartbeat? Exactly. <laughs> I guess, I guess I guess that's kind of old school. Look, here, here's 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 my last story on that. A really good friend of mine runs an insurance branch. He's got multiple offices, and he's 72 years old. 
and he was trying to figure out the whole digital transformation. I know this is not in the technology space, but I think it was pretty relevant. And he hired early talent people to come in when he realized that his customers, how they wanted to buy. And he, he hired um, early talent, right? And, and they came in and they did all the blogs and they, they put everything together. They understood the, the digital world and all the social. And it was just an amazing experience for him. And the coolest thing for him, Megan, was um, they didn't have to live. He's in San Diego. They didn't have to live there. He exactly. was able to, it was a completely new world for him, completely transformed his business, but he had to rethink, what do I need to do? I've been doing this forever. And how do I try? So my point is, if a 70 year old insurance agent can make it through digital transformation, we should be able to get our IT partners to make it through digital transformation. You know, it's that courage and willing to be able to make a risky decision like that, that feels scary, that is going to pay off in spades. I mean, kudos to him for sure. Amazing. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, I think that, I think that's called self-awareness. <laughs> it is. I think I think that's we all awesome. need to reflect every so often, don't we? Yeah. Oh, we do. We do. All right, Megan. Thank you so much for joining us. Really, that's I know you're busy. Nice. I really appreciate you taking a little bit of time to spend with us. Never too busy for you, Stephen. Thank you. I appreciate it. listeners. Thank you for joining us. Oh, hey, we're all about creating community here at Structure Web, especially in marketing side of things. All for one, one for all in marketing. We like salespeople too. Sales and marketing one, but all for one all for one for for marketing so last a plug for you. do you have any speaking engagements women of the channel anything that you would like to promote that's doing exceptionally well something you believe in externally maybe that that people could get something out of absolutely i mean i'm, I'm heavily involved in the channel focus group there's a big conference coming up in the uh in the fall time frame um with that you know a day ahead of time we do a big women's leadership conference which is free. So I'll, I'll put that out there. So women of any age in the channel, you know, please join us either virtually or in person. We'd love to have you. And then, you know, to your point, you, the ecosystem of the channel is all about friends and communities and networking. It's how I get most of my business done. And, you know, Stephen and I have been friends and colleagues for years now. And I learn, I learn every day from Stephen. So, you know, get out there and network and, and meet some, some of your peers. It's, it's a great thing. Thanks, Megan. Thanks so much.